The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Steve Latard here with Jeff Burton, and you are not seeing things. We brought in the professor, Nate Ryan. Nate, first of all, I haven't seen you on any of these yet, man. How is the stay-at-home order? I like the NBC hoodie. They're casual at home. I like this look. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I thought that the, prof- the professorial look would include a little bit more facial hair. I, love I, mean, it. I, don't, know, I don't know if it makes me look a little bit more academic, but I thought I'd, I'd grow it out a little bit during quarantine. <laughs> well, this is me growing mine out. It doesn't really stick. I got a little bit more of a Joe Dirt beard, so it's kind of patchy, so I don't really go with it. But uh, thanks for joining us, Jeff. Last week, you and I, or I guess it was this week, you and I kicked out this uh, NASCAR America draft. It was a great concept. I'm going to give you credit. I think you were the brainchild of it, and then we ground our way into values and tokens and how we were going to do it. And I, won't, I didn't know how it was going to be accepted. My timelines were filled. It took off with the fans. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, uh, you know, following on on Instagram accounts and and Twitter accounts and the the comments that people made. And, uh, you know, early on, we thought one of the most interesting things would be how we rated these drivers and what people would say about the ratings of their driver. Was it too high? Was it too low? Uh, That I found that interesting. But just all the comments about who people would pick, the strategies. I know, Steve, you and I, we went completely different on strategies. I went for a five-token guy. Uh, took Kevin Harvick. You went for a four-token guy. Your 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 uh your centerpiece of yours was Hamlin, and and then we had to build around that, and then that created difficult choices further on down when you started picking, which I thought made it the most fun, and it seemed like the fans enjoyed it too. But what we don't know, Steve, is our buddy Nate. I want to know how our buddy Nate decided to go in this because the truth be known, Nate's the smartest guy of all of us. And when when <laughs> When we, we, we have these debates, we have to include Nate because he's going to bring something to the table that you and I hadn't thought about. Well, that's so very, Nate, very kind I, of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I decided – I know that, Jeff, you went with a five-token guy in Harvick. I, I went the route that Stevie went, and I, I took Hamlin as my four-token guy and uh, then went with Byron as a three-token guy. Reddick, two tokens, and then Bubba Wallace is my one token die. I went, because I'm so challenged with math, you might think I'm smart, but I'm really not. Adding is difficult. I just thought four, three, two, one would be the easiest way to do this to get to 10. And I thought it was interesting, like looking at all the social feedback, it seems as if that was the most popular route that I saw, at least from fans. I didn't see a lot of five token guys get taken. I saw some agreeing with the mayor and taking Harvick. I saw one or two take Bush. I saw maybe one take Truex. But I don't know if I saw anybody pick Kislowski or Johnson or Logano, which was somewhat surprising to me. So, you know, Nate, why I think that's not surprising to me is I think the fans are now in what it feels like to be an owner. And I say that because, listen, free agency is a pause, right? Brad Kozlowski is probably the biggest name on the free agent market. When everybody goes, well, you got to have Brad Kozlowski. Well, welcome to real life. 
It may not be tokens. It's cold, hard cash. And if you want to get Brad Keselowski, you know or you hope he can definitely deliver. But, Jeff, right, you were on the other side of this as a driver, right? The negotiations between owners and drivers, if you want that big star, then you are going to have to pay that star. And then that puts pressure on the rest of the organization to perform and to raise money. So I, I, think, I think that in today's world, and, and, and listen, we're not in a new era of multi-car teams. This has been going on for a long time. But I do think, and in, in when you have multi-car teams, I do think you have to look and say, okay, I got a personality. You know, Nate Ryan, you picked Tyler Reddick. So Tyler Reddick's a very aggressive guy, probably going to get in some incidences, probably going to wreck some race cars, learning how to be a cup driver. So if I'm a car owner, I can't have another guy like that, right? I can't have – two on my team that are going to be pushing a limit all the time and learning how to do it. Right. So I think multi-car teams uh, make it more complicated. I think if you went back in the day of single car teams, you just went and got the best guy you could get. But today, clearly you want the best people you can get, but they have to fit within a system and they have to fit the other driver's strengths and weaknesses that you currently have. And I, I agree with you, Steve. I think this opens the door a little bit to, to, to fans as a car owner and saying, okay, I got to have four drivers. What four best suit would I need? And I can't pay everybody top dollar. My budget won't let me do it. So, yeah, I think it did open the door. And, and you know, we don't talk about in our sport, we don't talk about salary caps the way we talk about right. it in other sports. But they exist, not, not in a hard number, but they exist in simple finances. The car owner cannot afford to pay every crew chief top dollar, every driver top dollar, every tire changer top dollar. You have to allocate funds. And it's self-imposed. In other sports, it's imposed by the league. In this sport, it's really self-imposed by the budgets that the, the particular car owners have. Nate, so yeah, we got I, to hear your strategy, but I heard you posted all, a bunch of the NBC talent. What, what, what was, the, was there a common theme, a common consensus? What's the story? We did. If, if you go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, Steve, you can check out, obviously, who you and Jeff pick, but we've also got Rick Allen, Kelly Stavis, myself, Dustin Long, our writers, uh, Jerry and Daniel. And uh, I think that there was more alignment, like much like with the fans and what, what Jeff is talking about, maybe more alignment with starting with a four-token guy rather than a five-token guy. Because I think Jeff's right, like the economic realities kind of come into play when you try to ensure that you're having a champion on your team, that it's going to mean a little bit of a higher price tag and that it's going to mean a little bit lesser on the bottom end. And you, there was a lot of looking for, you know, where the value is. And to me, like I saw Hamlin, making the championship round last year, entering his age 39 season that a lot of people say are when drivers peak. Uh, to me, at four tokens, he, he was a steal. I think Kelly Stavis described it the same way. And I, I, I just, I feel very good about that pick. Maybe I don't get, you know, to Jeff's point, I don't quite get the, the Harvick level of experience and that leadership that you'd probably need in your shop from at least one driver. But I feel like talent-wise and peaking-wise, I feel like Hamlin was really good value at four. Hey, hey, so guys, so one thing when we were talking about these, we didn't, we were very, very tempted to put Denny Hamlin as a five token guy, right? I mean, that was the difficult decision that we had to make, like, you know, but he didn't have the championships, right? And, 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 you know, you, how do you, how do you, with a, with a driver like Denny, who is so talented and so good, he's had a long career, but hadn't got that championship. When you put him in that four-token area, that made him a buy. That made him somebody that everybody wanted to navigate to, to, to migrate toward. So I wonder what it would look like had we put him as a five-token guy. Like how right. much that would have changed this. But, you know, that, those are, again, that's the fun part about this. It's not just picking your team. 
it's also debating the value of all the drivers. Well, and I think that's the, de the decision the drivers have to make when they're negotiating for themselves. Where do they want to put themselves in the hierarchy, right? They can maybe go to a better team and take less money or go to another team, be, be not, you know, maybe every dollar they pull out of an organization to put in their own pocket comes away from aerodynamics or pit crews right. or somebody. So it is definitely a balance. So you talk about things. So I want to get a couple fans in here. Trey underscore Chapman. If I say that wrong, you know, good luck. I, I mispronounce a lot. He went with average career finish, which I thought was interesting. He went with average career finish and found the best career finish across the board. It involved the two Dillon brothers. My, my concern is I think it's easiest to look back on past history. Great teams, great NFL teams, and we're going to talk about the NFL draft because it's fascinating. Some great things happened last night in the NFL draft. But great organizations, to quote the great hockey players, skate to where the puck is going. So not what have you done, it is what can you do, right? No one's talking about Jimmy Johnson. He's won seven championships, 83 race wins. If I go off past history, he's the cornerstone of your organization. But no one has even discussed him at five tokens. So, Jeff, I challenge you, flip it. Bring Jimmy Johnson down to a four-token driver. Would you take him over Denny Hamlin? I don't know. Not today. Not currently today. I wouldn't. Uh, three years ago, without a doubt, I would have. Uh, because – you know, no one's going to call me and hire me to go race New Hampshire, right? I was really good there, but no one's calling me today and say, hey, let's go race New Hampshire, uh, you know, because you're right. You get, you're going to get paid, and you're going you're gonna to get the results based on what you're doing today, and, and that's what this draft, and that's what last night's NFL draft is all about, is what can you produce for me tomorrow? Really, it's tomorrow, right? What can you produce for me tomorrow? That's what it's about, and, and yeah, I mean, Jimmy Johnson is, you know, listen, Jimmy Johnson is one of the greats of our sport, period, end of the story. Put him up there with, with Richard Petty. Put him up there with Dale Earnhardt. It's just that simple. But, you know, I wouldn't have picked Richard Petty the last two, three years of his career either. I, you have to respect, you know, who, what he did. But, you know, what can you do for me today? Yeah, that was a big part of the debate, I think, on social that I saw from fans was, if I pick Jimmy Johnson, do I get 2010 Jimmy Johnson? <laughs> or do I get 2020 Jimmy Johnson? And I said, no, we're talking about now. And even though and he's paid commensurate with what he's done in his career, so seven championships, obviously, I think you guys had it right. He should be a five-token driver because if you're right. doing this based on real life, he's going to cost what a five-token driver would cost, even though you might be less inclined to pick him at this stage in his career, to Jeff's point, because it is sort of tail end. Not to mention uh, how much money can that five-token driver raise in the real world. Maybe Jimmy Johnson still can raise the most, right? I don't know. Maybe those seven championships in the marketing world can be applied to some value, right? Jeff, we didn't, in this, we kind of assumed everybody was talking kind of on the racetrack and team, you know, working well together. We needed to get into the complete business of NASCAR, which is you got to promote these guys. Well, that, that's a huge part of it. Hey, listen – so, you know, everybody's seen the movie Moneyball, right, about, you know, baseball and picking players based on the skill that they have to fit a team. But, you know, really that's what I think uh, we are on the beginning edge of in NASCAR is a Moneyball type approach where you look at your team of drivers and you look at their strengths and you look at their weakness and you look at what he can bring in from – help bring in from an income standpoint versus what he can win, all those kind of things. that We're starting to see some of that. I mean, we just are. And, and – uh, every sport is. I mean, every single sport is starting to see that. And, and it is an evaluation of performance. And we all know the better you perform, the better opportunity to, to, to bring in more money, 
through sponsorship, through race winnings, all that stuff's real. Uh, you also, you know, you just, but you have to perform at a certain level and you, you, you're probably not going to have all four drivers with the same skill set. It's just not going to work out because there's not four drivers that have the same skill set. You have to round your team out to fit your program and what it is you're trying to do. And how, and by the way, how, more importantly, we all know everybody's trying to win, but how are you trying to get done what you need to get done? So this was all over. This is once again, NASCAR America at home edition. Myself, Steve LaTarte with Jeff Burton and the professor Nate Ryan. So guys, this all came about because it's the NFL draft week. Uh, we saw the first round of the NFL draft go off virtually. The stories are endless. The conversations are endless. Forget about who is even picked. Let's just talk about backgrounds and setups. <laughs> um, first of all, I thought it was a great moment. And probably we don't even realize how great for all of the kids who, who you know, they sacrifice. Their dad is either a coach or a general manager, gone a lot. We all understand the sacrifices these guys make in, in the NFL, much like in NASCAR. It was so cool to see all the kids there when the picks were made, hugging in the families. And then, I mean, I don't even know where we go. We have John Gruden with the whiteboard in the background. We have the Arizona coach who is staying at probably the nicest house in Scottsdale that appeared. We had Mike Rabel, who had some sort of enforcer in the background. I mean, the stories are endless. What was your take on the NFL first round? Well, listen, I, I thought uh, – I, I agree. I think the, I think the Arizona coach uh, – uh, his background was awesome. He's kind of like, okay, players, I'm making money too. You know, like <laughs> kind of a statement. I thought, to me, I thought the most uh, the most controversial thing in the first round was the Packers picking a quarterback and moving up to do it, and how everybody thought that was just crazy. Like you shouldn't do that, and that's co- just the complete disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. And but isn't that how Aaron Rodgers got his job? Didn't he get picked to be a quarterback? When Brett Favre was at the Packers, isn't that how he got his job? Isn't that what players, isn't that what the NFL and every every sport league in the world is about? Is bringing in new talent to one day replace the talent that you have? For people to think that's a backhanded slap at Aaron Rodgers, I don't get that. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me uh, because. So Jeff, the question hey, though, Aaron so got his the job question. the same way. Did they call him? That's my question, right? Because I'm with you. I'm okay with the pick. You know, I think you and I are in professional sports. We know this stuff happens. So Nate. I'm going to challenge you. If you are the coach and the GM of Green Bay, do you at least call Aaron Rodgers before you make that pick? I I would think that you'd have to, right, that there'd be a respect level there involved. But uh, I seem to remember that Brett Favre was somewhat miffed uh, that he maybe wasn't in the loop when that happened several years ago with with Rodgers, as Jeff alludes. And uh, I don't know. It seems like Aaron Rodgers and – Management aren't always on the same page. I'm not a Packers fan, so I can't speak to this with complete authority, but uh, it's fascinating, certainly. Uh, you know, as far as the backgrounds, I just want to say I, I think some coaches may have lost some bets with their kids uh, in terms of the way those <laughs> setups happened. I don't know about what was going on at Mike Grable's house. Um, and, you know, to, your, to you, Stevie, I mean, the Patriots fan, what's going on, bro? Like, what's happening with your team? I'm, yeah. I'm worried about them. What, what, what's going on with those trades? We're, we're a house divided. My wife, she was okay with Tom leaving, but when Gronk went to Tampa Bay, she came down the other day and said, that's it, honey, order me a Bucks jersey. I was oh, no, oh, no, please say it isn't so. But, yeah, she said, I'm not that diehard of a New England fan. She's going to the Buccaneers. I'm not switching, so we're now house divided. I know. You can't switch, man. You're, 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 you're a lifetime Patriot fan. You can't switch. And, uh, yeah, I, listen, I was – 
uh, Harrison and I, we were watching the he, So my talent scout is Harrison. He watches everything about the NFL. He wanted a player. The Panthers picked some, you know, Derek Brown. He wanted somebody else. He was mad for about two minutes. And they started showing highlights of Derek Brown. He's like, hey, I'm good with that. I'm all right. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, a few highlights later, happy Panther fan. <laughs> Oh, it was. It was a blast. Um, the NFL draft was a blast to watch. These little Zooms have been a blast to watch. Like we got Jeff Burton with the trophy case. I got a checkered flag. Professor has a relatively, um, I'm going to call it a sterile background in, in uh, his home. It's great to kind of look into the personality. The, the question person. begs to be asked, though, Steve. Nate, did you paint that portrait behind you? Uh, I did not. I can see we, you doing that. We we paid a professional to to do that portrait of our okay. dog. I'm, I I just I yeah. I could envision you with a smock, an easel, <laughs> some some hair, channeling my Bob Ross, yes. yeah, Bob Ross hair, Bob Ross and Ooh, little bronze, little, little bronze. bronze. Yeah, that's right. That's right. By the way, Phoebe, I would refer to this background as austere. Austere, I think, would be the word I would use. All right, there's your throwing it out there for lessons you. with Nate hey, Ryan, Steve, the professor. Don't worry. I'll look it up. I'll call you and tell you what it means. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. And listen, fans, NASCAR America at Home Edition. Jeff and I are going to continue to put these videos out. Maybe we could talk Nate into joining us. Maybe we'll have some racing news, a lot of controversy, a lot of conversation about the schedule, nothing to announce yet. But when we hear something concrete, we're going to jump back on here, break it down as soon as possible so you can get my opinion, Jeff's opinion. Nate will tell us all the breaking news. We can get the opinion from social media. And the, look, the draft is still open. You have to stop now. NASCAR America Draft. Hashtag NASCAR America Draft. Go on there. It's on Instagram. And send us your lineups. As always, it's been fun. Nate, thanks for joining us. I think we're going to have a lot of news. We're going to be seeing a lot of you over the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, it's been fun. Hey, and put, get your drafts in because we're going to be grading them throughout the year to see who's doing well. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.